You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and today, today we are going to talk about emotional eating. Ah! <laughs> now, you don't have to be betrayed in order to suffer from emotional eating. I think many of us can relate to comfort food or to having certain cravings. When things are going wrong, we want to come home and dive into whatever it is, chocolate chip cookies, mac and cheese, wine, whatever it is. But I also think most of us can also relate to the idea of wanting to have a little bit more control, wanting good health, and wanting our bodies to actually look and feel a certain way. And no, this is not about weight loss. Weight loss can be a part of it. It's about our emotions and it's about figuring this stuff out so you can be healthy and happy and look and feel the way that you want to feel. So today I have got Liza Lomax, who is an emotional eating specialist as my guest. And we are going to talk about emotional eatings, triggers, cravings, and all of that good stuff. Because if you're anything like me, oh boy, when I found out my husband had cheated on me, my diet went down the drain. <laughs> so with that, welcome to the show, Liza. I am so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay. Let's talk about what is emotional eating. Oh goodness. Emotional eating. Well, it, you know, before I tell my story, it's, it's emotional eating is learned at a very young age. First of all, we, we learn a lot of, we're conditioned, um, a lot of beliefs and habits and, um, stories are deeply ingrained in us at a very young age. Um, you know, when parents, their kids are crying, what do we do? We, we put something in their mouth. We stuff something in their mouth. So we learned this hand to mouth motion. We also learned that our emotions, we can't be emotional, especially as women. Oh, no um, you know, even men, men are like, oh, you have to be, you can't show your emotions. you got to be tough. you got to be strong. you got to suck it up. You know, whereas, you know, if you identify as a woman, it's like, you're, you can't be emotional. You can't right. show your emotions. So you learn to push your emotions down. And the number one thing you do to do that, to combat that is, is eat. Um, eating is comfort. Eat is, eating is stability. Eating is, you know, food is always there. It's, it's comforting. It's, it's, it's always, you know, you can have whatever you want, whenever you want, however much you want, really. Yeah. And then we learn that we learn uh, to take care of ourselves as selfish, you know? And so we learn all these things and 
you know, we, we, you know, you get an annual report card when you're, t- you know, when you're younger, Oh, let's go get some ice cream or, Oh, you broke up with your boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, let's go get some ice cream. So you're happy. You get ice cream. You're sad. You get ice cream. Right. We learn. I mean, it gets, you know, these, these beliefs get, uh, get, uh, you know, there's re- you know, they're wired, you know, incorrectly basically. So Um, So we learn all these, you know, all these habits. And so we become adults and it's no wonder we're completely messed up in the heads because for one, we're told we have to look and dress and act and say and do and be all these different things. And, you know, when it comes to eating, I mean, we need food obviously to, to survive, um, but we use food to fill our bodies. So we don't feel that emotion. We learn that unhealthy emotional outlet to go to it at, at that very young age. And so emotional eating doesn't mean you have a eating disorder. It doesn't mean that you, it's, it's a grandiose issue or a problem or addiction. Um, emotional eating is if you're happy, you go to a party, you get cupcakes and ice cream and da da da, And then you go home and you're like, Oh crap, why did I eat all those things? I shouldn't yeah. have eaten that stuff, you know? And then you start to put yourself down and you criticize yourself and it starts this whole chain of reaction of, of different things, the different emotions. And so we, you know, essentially we, we don't want to feel emotions. What do we do? We fill them up. We fill them up with food. So you can have a very uh, small issue with emotional eating or a very grandiose issue with emotional eating. And we, there's so many different types or so many different versions. Um, we all, like you said, I mean, like, even if you're betrayed by somebody, you, you have a falling out with somebody, you have a death in the family, you know, all these things, these events can escalate, you know, these emotions and we don't want to feel them. We're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to feel these things. So what am I going to do? I'm going to turn to the one thing that's brought me comfort and stability and has always been there. And that's been food. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I found it interesting when, um, I went through my journey too. It was kind of vacillating between I can't eat and I'm just going to eat all the junk in the world. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were numerous times where I would, it would be, I've been the, the celebratory, uh, eater. I've been the sad eater. I've been the depressed eater. I've been the stressed out eater. I've been all the different types of emotional eaters. And because, Hey, I'm like, I like to celebrate. I love food. Um, I'm sad. I, I have to have food. I mean, I would go to three different, um, drive-throughs and get like all these food. And then I would sit in a parking lot and just eat and eat and eat and eat. Or I'd go to the grocery store and I buy all this unhealthy food, you know, cause I was, you know, addicted to processed foods, addicted to all those additives and chemicals and everything like that preservatives, everything that's in those things, which is a whole other topic that we can get into. Yes. And so got addicted to all these things. So I would go home and then I would just eat all the stuff that I had just gotten and to fill that void with the emotions because I didn't want to feel them. Oh, that's Yeah. I like that you broke that down and made the, like the, the distinguishing comment between 
the emotional eating, and then actually getting addicted to the chemicals. Because yes, that is something I do want to go into, but that's a totally different thing. Sugar addiction mm-hmm. is a thing. There's, yes, it is. yeah, that's yes. a lot of different things. So what you mentioned that you would, you would have these emotional eating binges. What is your story? How did you come in to that? And then how did you bring yourself back out of it and learn how to eat in a healthy, non-emotional way? Well, I, so at the very young age of eight, um, I had to become the parent of my three siblings. My mother was not in a capacity to take care of us. She does suffer from mental illness, whether she chooses to believe it or not, she does. My stepfather was never home. He was gone a lot. He worked a lot. My dad is actually from another country who I saw limited times growing up. And so I took on that role of being the caregiver. I took on that unpaid, unpaid caregiver is what I, what I say. We are deeply, it's, it's, we are deeply in, it's deeply ingrained. Um, you know, we're conditioned, especially if you identify as a woman, we're conditioned to be caregivers for the rest of our lives. Yes. An unpaid caregiver. So I took on that role and I, I took on the role thinking, okay, I got to be perfect. I'm, I got to show, show, you know, how to be a perfect person for these three other people. And which stemmed a lot of issues. I had eating disorders. I suffer from depression. I had anxiety. I had so many OCDs struggled big time. I did, you know, I, there was different outlets I went into, like I've done, I did 15 years of theater acting, which actually helped me get, you know, help had help benefits and, and Mm -hmm. non-benefits. It helped me get out of my shell, you know, it helped me um, be the extroverted person that I am. You know, I can speak in front of thousands of people. I can talk to anybody, but then it taught me how to play a role and put on a mask and um, always be something for somebody else. And so I spent a huge chunk of my life putting on a mask, playing a role and doing all these things, you know, because, you know, again, they say, you know, we have to look and dress and say and act and do and be all these ways. And so, um, you know, I turned to food and I, and then there were times where I didn't eat any food and, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to look a certain, I had to look this way. I had to act this way. I had to be this way. I had to talk this way. And so I went from, literally a a big chunk of my life, I went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So I was super, super skinny, still not happy, still hating what I saw in the mirror, still hating my body. And then going to the other end of the spectrum and being 300 pounds by continuously eating and eating and eating and eating. And at that time I was 26. My son was two at the time. He is now 20. And the doctor was telling me that if I didn't lose weight, I wouldn't live to see him turn five. And, you know, like I said before, I'm like, I would go to like grocery stores and drive-throughs and I would just eat and eat and eat because I had so many emotions that I didn't want to feel. And I just filled them up with food and filled them up with food and filled them up with food. And because again, it was, it was comforter. It was stability. It was support. You know, it was, it was, it was always there. And so Um, I got to that point and I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, I was borderline diabetic. And the doctor said, well, you just have to lose weight. And I was like, okay, well, I can do that. I've done that before, you know? So, oh, it's going to fix all my problems. If I lose a lot of weight, it's just going to fix everything. So I ended up losing 105 pounds in 13 months. Wow. 
Yes. So, I mean, I lost a whole person. Yeah. And however, I was still not happy with what I saw in the mirror. I still detested myself. I literally hated myself. I've literally punched mirrors before because I didn't like what I saw. And at that point I actually turned to, um, a a different form of bulimia. So I wouldn't throw up. I would actually take laxatives. So I would eat and eat and eat and take laxatives and I would eat and eat and and take laxatives, which completely, you know, destroyed a lot of my, you know, internal, internal, internal organs, my, you know, intestines, everything like that, which, you know, I've spent years and years repairing all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I still was not happy with what I saw in the mirror. I still struggled with depression. I still had anxiety. Um, at that point, I was addicted to diet pills. I was a heavy drinker. I did things in my body nobody should ever do to themselves. I put myself in one toxic relationship after another, after another, cheated on, betrayal. I based my worth on what people thought of me. So if they treated me like garbage, I thought it was garbage. And just did just some horrible, horrible things to myself and didn't have some loving, supportive people in my life, had a lot of just um, narcissistic um, Debbie Downers, energy vampires, I call them in my, in my life. And, um, you know, had two failed marriages and um, just, just so many things bombarded me. And, you know, you don't always have to hit a rock bottom, but I hit a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And I literally had this, this booming voice of God, whether you believe in God, higher source, higher power. I really believe that God was telling me that I needed to change. And at this point it was like, okay, this, you, you need to learn how to love yourself. You need to learn how to take care of yourself because I spent a huge chunk of my life taking care of other people. And, um, you know, like I lost the weight for my son. It's like, I didn't lose the weight for me. I lost it for my son, you know? So it's like, there's all these things I was doing for everybody else. And so I ended up, I was like, okay, well, how does one learn how to love themselves? This isn't something that I learned. This isn't something, you know, I've always had negative people in my life. I've always had non-supporting, non-loving people in my life. How do, how do I, how do I do this? It's like, well, it's with myself first. I have to learn how to love myself. I have to learn how to have a better relationship with food, a better relationship with myself. Once I had a better relationship with myself, everything else fell into place. It's like, I had a better relationship with food. I had a better relationship with other people. I had more supporting people in my life, more loving, caring. And, um, you know, I went out and did the things I did the therapy. I did all the, all the things you're supposed to do. I studied every self-help book, every guru, any, everybody out there went and got certifications and a multitude of different things. Cause at that point I'm like, I knew that, you know, my mission in this world was to help other people with, with the same issues that I struggled with. Yeah. And that sent me on that, that path of where I'm at today is, is helping, you know, helping women get over that emotional eating trap, that yo-yo dieting that, you know, I have to look like this, or I have to be like this in order to be happy. And it's like, well, I I've lost a substantial amount of weight and I've been super, super skinny and I've still not happy with what I saw. Yes. And you can get into a group of a hundred women and tell them to raise their hand if they hate anything about themselves or their bodies. And I guarantee everybody's going to raise their hand because they're going to have like at least one thing they don't like about themselves. Yes. And, and food is just a, a bandaid for, it's just slapping that bandaid on temporarily and you're not taking care of what's really the underlying, you know, core issues that are going on. 
Mm -hmm. And And I so appreciate that you said that because that is so true. And, you know, I've been taking notes as you talk. And one of the things I talked about or wrote down was the whole concept of loving yourself first, because when you do, you said everything gets better and it's so true. And then you also said about rock bottom. I think most of us, when we're betrayed or some other trauma happens, we do go to that rock bottom place, which includes Mm -hmm. dysfunctional, unhealthy behaviors in so many different areas of life. And you're right. It's, It's like when I found out my story is I was married for 23 years. I thought super happy. I thought it was great, but I did think I had to be perfect too. And when I found out my husband had been cheating on me for 15 of those years with five women, it was completely devastating. And even though I know better, my brain did go to that place. Maybe I should have been more buff. Maybe I should have been skinnier. Maybe Mm -hmm. my hair should have been different. Maybe I should have gotten up early and put on makeup before he came home. I mean, you go to these crazy places Mm -hmm. and I just appreciate so much how you said food is a bandaid because that's not necessarily the problem. It it's, it's self-worth, it's pain, it's Mm -hmm. shame, it's something else, but yeah. The food and we have to eat to live. So it's, it's an easy place to go. You have in order to lose weight, you have to eat. Like so many of the things, like they say, you know, like, well, I want to have rock abs. I want to have like a six pack. You get that from the kitchen. You know, people don't realize that in order to lose weight, you need to eat food, but you need to eat it and, you know, eat, eat it, you know, healthy, healthy, you know, foods and things like that. Not the processed foods, not the, you know, the, the fast food, the stuff with preservatives and additives. I mean, it's, it's clean eating, but it's like you, in order to lose weight, you have to eat. So all these diets and fads and, and, and programs and all these things that restrict you, it's no wonder you stay on this yo-yo dieting train because you're restricting yourself from not eating these items. Oh, I can't have carbs or I can't have fat or I can't have sweets or I can't have bread. I can't have all these things. And it's like, okay, well, eventually your brain is going to say, Whoa, hold on here. I want those things and I'm going to have them now. So then that sends you in a downward spiral of binge eating, can, you know, stress eating, celebratory eating. I mean, <laughs> all those things that send you in that emotional eating cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And think about what you were just saying too. What I think about is when I found out the last, you know, 23 years of my life were fake, were false, mm. were not real. There was that idea too, that then I deserve this. I get this. I've Mm -hmm. tried so hard. I was the unpaid caregiver for so long. I've sacrificed. I've given. I've taken care of. And now it's my turn. Give me that cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've gone and, oh, you had this great workout at the gym and you're really excited. Oh, let's go have a burger and fries and a shake. And let's just, because I'm celebrating because I get to, you know, I did this big thing. So now I get to celebrate. A lot of us are in that celebratory um, stage of emotional eating. Um, It's usually celebratory. It's usually sadness and stressed and boredom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do about it? 
Because I think that that's really where the rubber hits the road. I think it's easy for us to realize, yeah, I get that. And yes, I know that I'm doing it. And yes, I know that I really, you know, craving French fries and chips and all that stuff doesn't really mean that I need it. (laughs) But what do we do about it? How do we continue to self take care of ourselves and enjoy ourselves and give ourselves what we want and heal? And combat that true emotional eating problem. How do we do Mm -hmm. that? It really, it starts with mindset. You have to reframe and retrain all those beliefs, habits, stories, behaviors, triggers, sabotaging things that are, that keep coming up. Cause that's what keeps coming up. It's like, what, what happens January 1st? everybody goes to the gym. Everybody starts something new. Oh, I'm going to do my affirmations. I'm going to have the best exercise program. Oh, I'm going to have the best nutrition program. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to do all the things. And two weeks, two months, six months, even a year later happens and something gets triggered. You have some sabotaging pattern that comes into play and then you go backwards and then you start bullying yourself and you start putting yourself down. And then that cycle continues. And then come January 1st, it starts all over again. So we stay, you stay in this loop to loop, you stay in this cycle. Um, you know, whether you want to call it a hamster wheel or that emotional eating train, it's like you stay on this, this, you know, this mode, this, this road and you continue to do the same thing. So it's all about deprogramming all of those beliefs, those habits, those stories, those patterns that we have been, that have been deeply ingrained that have, you know, we've been conditioned to believe and it's not our parents' fault. And it's not our parents' parents' fault is those are the tools that they had at the time to instill in us. They don't know anything different. It's up to us to be like, okay, well, this stuff that they, they did isn't working for me. So I have to find some way for something for this to work for me now. And so it's, it all starts inside here. It's like, you can have the best nutrition program. You can have the best Um, exercise program, but until you change your mind, until you change inside your body, nothing else is going to change. Everything will be temporary. Mm. It'll always be temporary. So it's, it's about reframing and retraining your brain of all those habits, all those stories, all those things, those tapes that are playing in your head, that, that monster critic, that negative self-talk critic that's in your head, whatever you want to give it a call you know, a name, Martha, Myrtle, Wilma. I mean, some people have names for their, their, their inside. You know, I mean, whatever you want to call it, it's like, it's really taking back control of what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, so we have it backwards in society. We think we need to go out need to have the best of the best of the best. We need to start this new exercise program, or we need to start this new um, nutrition program, or, and there's so many different programs out there, but they're all about restricting. They're all about, you can only do this. You have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. Well, let me tell you, is that going to be a long-term sustainable lifestyle going forward? Are you going to have to, you're going to have to maintain that exact program for the rest of your life. That doesn't make That's sense. not going to happen. That doesn't make sense. No, no. So I tell people, I'm like, do you want to have, first of all, do you want to, do you want to diet the rest of your life or do you want to live a healthy life the rest of your life? So think about it. What are the first three letters of the word diet? <laughs> ha. Right. Ha. Yeah. What are the first four letters of the word healthy? Heal. 
So do you want to diet the rest of your life or do you want to live a healthy life the rest of your life? So it starts with inside. It's an inside out job. In fact, that's the name of the book that I will be writing is called an inside out job. I love it it. because it is, it's an inside out. You have to take care of what's going on in the inside before you can take care of the outside. You have to do that or else you're going to stay in that, that loop. You're going to stay on that yo-yo. You're going to stay in that hamster wheel. You're going to keep going over and over and over, never being satisfied, never being happy with you, with your body. And these are organic. Yes. We are in these bodies for a limited time. You don't know how long you're going to be in them. So love them, care for them, take care of them, give them the respect and the love that deserves so that you can stay in them longer. I love Stay that long term. Yes. And have more fun in them too, because exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't want to be healthy and aching and unable Mm-mm. to play with my kids or take a walk. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quality of life really matters. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a super quick break for a commercial. And then when we come back, I want to go even deeper into that, into the concept of how do you heal and how do you take that journey healing from the inside out, especially when life is really busy around you, because that's what I really want to tackle. It's so easy to say, I'll do that once I finish my degree, once I get a promotion, once the kids leave home. So that's where I want to take after or talk about after our break. So we will be back. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see know and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplish or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything, Life Choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts, and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to NakedSelfWorth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past 
Reclaim your sexy and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. And we are back with Liza Lomax, emotional eating specialist, talking about emotional eating and how really learning how to eat healthily for the rest of your life is an inside job. It's it's a mindset shift. It's something that we need to tackle pretty much once and for all if we want to just let go and live a full joyful life because otherwise it's going to be up and down, diet, no diet, control, no control, falling off the wagon and really wasting a whole lot of time, energy and money, basically not having fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like I said before the break, what I really wanted to talk about next is how do we do it? And how do we do it now? Right now in the middle of an already busy, overscheduled life, how do we really go in there figure out what our mindset is, what needs reprogramming and take care of that. Well, a lot of us have a lot of emotional trauma, you know, a lot of stuff that happened to us at a very young age. And we, you got to tackle that emotional trauma. You got to tackle that. You got to feel that stuff. You got to, I'm not talking about reliving them. I'm talking about the energy behind all those things that have happened and actually feel them and then release them, let them go. It's like, so often we hold on to so many things and that's what affects a lot of things in our lives. It's like, so especially people that have children. So you're a mom, you have children. Oh my goodness. My, my priority is my children. I have to take care of my spouse. I have to take care of my children. Okay. Well, there's that unpaid caregiver, um, mindset that was instilled in us and deeply ingrained in us at a very young age. We have to be that caregiver. Okay. So your caregiver, you've been taking care of your kids. You've been taking care of your spouse. Who's taking care of you? Who is watching over you? who is making sure that you have enough food and you have the right tools and you have the right amount of sleep and rest and, and have, have the things that you need to do to survive. Who's taking care of you. So it's like that analogy when the airplane is going down, what do you do? You put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? So we need to put the oxygen mask on ourselves, oxygen mask of life <laughs> on ourselves first, before we take care of other people. It is not selfish. That is another belief that we've been conditioned to believe that it's selfish to take care of ourselves. It is not selfish. It is self-preservation. We have to put ourselves first. We have to make ourselves priority number one. We have to take care of our wants, our needs, our desires first and foremost. That in turn takes care of everyone else around us. So it always starts with us. It is not selfish. That's a hard, 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 hard belief to, to, to reframe and retrain. It's, it really is because we've been conditioned to be this, this way. And and it's gone on for so many years. So you got to put your needs, your wants, your desires, priority number one, you have to come first because what happens is when you're sick 
and you can't take care of your family. You can't take care of your kids. Who's going to take care of you? Who really right. is going to take care of you? Right. Nobody. You. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> and you can't take care of yourself if you're sick. If something happens, if something, you know, you're down for the count, right. you can't do that. You can't take care of yourself. So here's the little mind trap that comes into that. And I know this is another loop and that's why I'm bringing it up because I want to push you. So the little loop comes, okay, I want to take care of myself. I want chips and wine on the patio. I deserve it. I want to take care of myself. I'm healthy enough. One glass of wine isn't going to hurt. One bag of chips isn't going to matter. I am taking care of myself. Don't you see? Yes. And no, it's like, okay, so chips and wine. Yes. It's okay to partake in it every once in a while. It's okay to indulge, but when you take it a step further and it's a continuous thing and it's, oh, it's, it's every, oh, it's every Friday and then Saturday. And then, and then it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, and then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it's, oh, Wednesday, we got to go to happy hour. And then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it can, you continuously build this habit on and on and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So (laughs) it's breaking that habit. So, I mean, yes, one glass of wine is okay. A bag of chips is okay. But how often are you doing that? Yes, yes, maybe you're going out with your girlfriends and you're hanging out and you're having a good time and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when it starts to be built up as a habit and you feel like you're doing it Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday brunch. Oh, brunch. You know, I mean, it's like, that's a habit and that's, that's a behavior that needs to be changed. Yes. Yes. And I was also thinking about the energy behind it, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to do this because it's going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. It's not going to make you happy. It could be a fun time, but it's not going to make you happy. Right. Cause you're going to go home and then let's just say an example, you're going to go home and your spouse or your partner is like, what you were gone for so long. This has, keeps happening on a daily basis. When is this going to stop? And then your kids are like, mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I gotta go to soccer. Mommy, I gotta do this. You're pushed all these different directions. So you get home after being on this great, happy high with your girlfriends and having the wine and hanging out and you're taking care of yourself. You're really not because you get home and you're just bombarded with negativity or bombarded with all these real life things. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're, not, you're not in a happy, you're not in a happy place. No, you know, it's no. like this, you know, it's, it's like when you go out and you go to work out and you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm in this happy place. I worked out. I, it was great. And I feel really great. And then you go home And maybe you're gone a little too long and then, you know, something happens, you know, you have, you have to be pulled one direction, but pulled another direction. Your kids got to go to this, your kids got to go that, or your spouse has to do this or needs the car, you know, your dog threw up and now you got to take care. I mean, there's like all these scenarios that could happen, all these examples of these things that could happen that knock you down from that high. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do about it? Because I know for me, I don't crave sweet. I crave salty. And I know that I crave salty. And I know that when I'm stressed, I crave salty. And mm-hmm. sometimes I can talk myself out of it. You know, Laura, this is ridiculous. Or sometimes I'll choose a healthier salty thing, you know, um, celery salt on cucumbers or something. Mm. But how, how do you 
actually start deprogramming it? What is the process for everybody who's like, yeah, I hear you, Liza, I get it. So now what? So uh, manufacturers and producers know that there are certain things to put in food that'll make us crave it more. Um, you know, they know that putting additives and preservatives and certain things in them will make us crave it. So what happens is we grab that bag of chips or we grab those cookies and we take them home and we're like, oh, these are so great. These are so great. And you get on this, this food high. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you go to the, the, the grocery store, you, you buy the same thing and then you go and you buy the same thing and you buy the same thing and buy the same thing. So they know this, they put these things in them because what happens, especially with sugar, as soon as sugar hits your tongue, it actually sends a receptor to your brain that I want more and more and more and more and more. So you get this, this amazing high, but then you get this crash and you're like, Ooh, I want to keep this high. I need to go and buy some more. I need to go and buy some other items that are going to give me the same high, the same chemical response. And so they know these things. So they put it in every, they put it in everything, especially sugar. You really have to read your labels because sugar isn't everything. everything. I'm talking about processed sugars. I'm not talking about natural fruit sugars and that kind of thing. I'm talking about processed sugars is in everything. So really reading your labels and making sure that there's no sugar in it. So first of all, is detoxing your body from sugar because sugar is first of all, is the number one addictive chemical that there is. It is more addictive than any drug there is out there. Illegal and illegal and illegal. It's the most addictive chemical that there is and sugar is in everything. So if you can get yourself off of sugar, you're doing your body a world of good. Because another thing is that what sugar does is it actually attaches to cancer cells in our bodies and it metastasizes them. So it does make them bigger. It makes them increase. So if that doesn't keep you from eating sugar, I don't know what does, (laughs) Right. (laughs) you know, and then, you know, processed foods, there are so many additives and preservatives and so many things. If you cannot read the ingredients in those items, you shouldn't be putting them in your body. So anything bagged, boxed, or canned really has a lot of these things in them. So I'm a firm believer in eating very clean, healthy foods. So shopping the outside perimeter of the grocery store, what's on the outside of the perimeter of the grocery store, all the healthy stuff. If you really take a look at the look at the grocery store, everything on the outside perimeter is healthy. Now, yes, there's some things in the inside that we do need and that's fine, but eating as clean as possible, having like an 80, 20 diet is great. So 80% of what you're eating is clean. 20% is for just splurging and having whatever you want kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of everything in the inside is just box bagged and canned. And it's full of all kinds of these things that make us crave it. Yep. And so producers and manufacturers know this. And so that's why there's so much an abundance of them. That's why there's no expiration date on most of them. And they're always on the shelf. They're never gone. So they mass produce these things and we go out and we buy them and we buy them and we buy them and we buy them and then we become addicted to them. Yes. (laughs) Guilty. Yeah. You know, we all are. It's, it's the way our world is set up and it's challenging to break through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So trying to eliminate a lot of these 
things in your life, you know, whether it's chemicals or, you know, unhealthy emotional outlets that you go to finding healthy emotional outlets to go to finding healthy things that you can go to. Like, you know, if you have an issue with drinking soda, it's like, try to find some other ways of, of drink some water. If you don't like the taste of water, you know, put a little fruit in it, you know, I mean, there's different options in there. So trying to wean yourself off of these things. Yes, it's a little difficult, but you can certainly do it. Um, I also do a technique called a craving elimination session, where I actually walk you through a technique that uh, remaps that craving addiction in your brain. So you have a better relationship with it. Because what happens is, like I said, when we crave an item, we go to the item every single time and it actually attaches a negative emotion to that. Whereas this um, technique actually remaps it. So you have a more loving relationship with that item and you no longer crave it. And it's just re you remapping it in the brain. It's not hypnosis. It's not psychotherapy. It's actually an NLP technique. NLP stands for neurolinguistics programming. And it's a, you do all the work, just reprogramming it in your brain. I love that because that goes to what you were talking about earlier with restriction. Mm -hmm. So often, whatever we restrict is what we want because yes. that's part of our brain too. Right. <laughs> and right. just saying, I'm going to use sheer force and willpower mm -hmm. and never eat sugar again, or, you know, never drink soda again, or never have you can't do that. You that's can't. negative, yeah. hate, mm -hmm. restrictive. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because there's going to be a trigger. Something's going to get triggered. You're going to have some sabotaging pattern, something that's in your subconscious that you've done over and over again, that's going to come and stare you back in the face and be like, no, 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 no. You know, you're going through this kind of thing again. And this is what we do when you go through this kind of thing. So you're going to turn to this item or you're going to turn to this unhealthy outlet to go. You're going to go to this thing because this is what we've done in the past. That's how your subconscious works. It's like when you're conscious, when you consciously tell yourself for an example, that you're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. If you've been telling yourself that your entire life, your subconscious believes it to be true. Anything that you tell your, tell yourself, your subconscious believes it to be true every single time. Mm -hmm. So you can never accept the compliment. You can never accept anything nice. You think that, you know, people always want something from you, or you just, you don't think that you're worthy of, of, having nice things or people saying nice things to you. And you can't even say nice things to yourself because you've been reminding wow. yourself these things all the time. So, you know, somebody comes and compliments you and you're like, Oh no. Oh, this dress it's, Oh, it's, it's faded. It's torn. I've, I've had it for too long. I'm two sizes too small. I shouldn't even be wearing it. It's shrunk in the wash. It's faded. I don't know why I wore it. You know, you just have all these excuses not to accept it instead of just saying, yes, thank Thanks. you. This dress is great. Thank <laughs> you. I really feel great in it, yes. we turn to the opposite because mm -hmm. we've been telling ourselves subconscious, you know, we've consciously, we've been telling our subconscious that we're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. Yeah. So yeah. actually I like that because it's, it's flipping some of the stuff that we would think of negative as positive. And I, and I really like that. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that feels good. And I think that's empowering. And I'm thinking also for you know, for all of us, when we're in that moment of trauma, what do we go to? I deserve it. I'm stupid. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Instead of just shifting it around to, you know what? There's some good here. Yep. There's some good here. 
and I'm, yes. I'm worth it and I'm growing and I'm getting healthier and, mm-hmm. and I love brownies and I love them so much that I don't have to have them all the time. <laughs> right. Right. Because how do you feel when you eat them? Yes. You have that original high and happy high, but then you know, an hour later, you start criticizing yourself, you start putting yourself down, you start bullying yourself, which then raises your stress and anxiety levels, which then raises your cortisol levels in your body, which then creates fat in the midsection and everywhere else. So you stay on that cycle all the time, constantly Uh. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Going to fat in the midsection, um, made me think of something else too. Midlife hormones, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Talk about hormonal cravings because I I can, I think some people might be thinking, well, if it's a hormonal craving, that's not really emotional. That's totally different, but really it's all kind of the same. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Well, I mean, yes, we get older, we age, things start drooping, things start shifting, things start moving (laughs) places (laughs) that they shouldn't be moving. Um, you know, it's, it, it takes a little bit longer, you know, to lose weight. It takes a little bit longer to do different things. It takes a little bit longer to, to create a habit going forward. You know, it's like that old saying, you can't teach an old dog, new tricks. Well, yes, you can. It just takes persistence and it takes conscious intention. You have to consciously do it over and over and over and over again. So it's just creating that habit that, Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start doing this and you just take baby steps and you just take one thing at a time. Don't don't overload yourself with a bunch of different things. You know, just take one thing at a time. You know, don't go out and and think you can do the um uh, CrossFit right away and do the, all these, all these things, these, these exercise fitness programs and the nutrition programs and try all these things. Cause it's just going to send you in that downward spiral again. Yes. So, and then right into that bullying. And I love right in that bullying. bullying. Yeah. Bullying. So it's, it's just taking one thing at a time. So my, when I, when I coach my clients, I'd have them do small little tidbits of different things on a continuous basis, because you have to do it small. You can't do something big and grandiose. You have to take it one thing at a time, one little chunk at a time. And, you know, winging yourself off of sugar is the best thing you can do. You know, getting that out of your, out of your, um, out of your pantry, out of your home, you know, I mean, yes, it's okay to partake in it every once in a while, but, you know, really, do you really want to be 70, 80, 90 and still worrying about what you look like in the mirror? No, really? No, you have, you even have a more limited time inside your bodies. So being persistent, being conscious about it, setting those conscious intentions that I I'm going to take this baby steps, do this little, little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and don't just you know, take the whole, the whole shebang and keep and do the whole thing all at once. You can't do that. So you have to take baby steps in, in doing it. And it's a process and you have to be consistent in order to change a habit. You have to do it continuously over and over again. It doesn't take two weeks. doesn't take 21 days. It can take anywhere from 66 days to 254 days to change one habit or one behavior. That's crazy. Imagine how many, yes. Imagine how many behaviors and habits we have a lot, a lot, a lot. So 
it can take years. It really can. So if the number one thing is to start weaning yourself off sugar, I'm going to issue that as a challenge to all of you listening (laughs) (laughs) to start weaning yourself off sugar. And I want to get really basic with that. Talk to us about what is sugar, because I'm sure people would be like, oh, but it's not sweet and low. And it's not, are we talking honey, stevia, sugar, fructose, sucrose, define sugar, just so people are very clear about what is the number one step they should do. So processed sugars. So you go to the store in a baking aisle, you see the white sugar. Now, first of all, that's bleached. So they put bleach in it to make it white because sugar is not white when it comes and when it's, when it's natural, when it's the real thing, the real, the real deal, um, stevia is okay. Honey is okay. But anything with sucrose or high fructose corn syrup, anything processed sugars, anything that's actually in anything bagged, boxed and canned that Got has it. sugar in it, that is processed sugars. Those are the things that are really those, um, that, that you don't want to, um, you shouldn't be putting in your body. Yes. Um, honey is okay. Yes. I mean, uh, natural fruit sugars are okay. Um, I, me personally, I, you know, it's, it's more processed sugar. So anything that you, you pick the label up and it says sugar in it. No, look at how much sugar content is in it. You know, um, obviously if it's something with fruit in it, Um, but see things can be very deceiving because the natural natural, I put in quotation marks, because that's the most misused word in, in the industry, in the health industry is natural. It's like, nope. When it's got like 10, 15, 20 ingredients ingredients, and it says natural, it's not natural. (laughs) (laughs) That's not natural. No, 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 (laughs) not natural. Um, so I, you know, if you're going to have something, you know, eat something, look for things that are you know, essentially 10 ingredients is, and t- 10 ingredients or less, or yeah. even five, try for five. If you're going to have anything that's box bagged or canned Got or it. just shop the outside perimeter of the grocery store. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's easy. There's no sugar in any of that stuff. <laughs> right. Okay. So that is the number one thing. So then after you've tackled that, or I've gotten a little better on that, or at least have really made yourself aware, what is the number two step that you most recommend? And first of all, and then just to go back a little bit. So sugar actually does create fat in the midsection. So if you're noticing that your belly's a little pooched, you have that little pooch that, what do they call the fupa, whatever you want to call it. You have that little overlap in your belly and you can't get over it. And you think you're bloated, but you're not bloated something sugar, eliminate sugar in your diet. And I guarantee your stomach's going to start getting flatter, not entirely flat because again, you have to eat certain items. You have to, you still have to work out, still got to do your exercises. But, um, if you're noticing that your belly is not going down, eliminate sugar from your diet. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, number two processed foods. Okay. Yeah. Anything processed foods. Um, there's so many chemicals, additives, you know, uh, ingredients in there that just, if you can't pronounce it, it shouldn't be going in your body. 
if it wasn't something that your ancestors ate, your grandparents, your great grandparents ate, shouldn't be going in your body. It really shouldn't. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, Hey, I, I partake in processed sugars too. I partake in certain items too. I also ha- know my body enough that I'll have an adverse reaction to it because my body's telling me, Hey, 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 you shouldn't be eating this stuff. That's right. not good for you. So right. if you're noticing that your body's having certain reactions after you're eating these food items, after you're eating certain items, you shouldn't be eating them. Your body is telling you, no, no, no. <laughs> what mm-hmm. are you doing to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Don't eat them. <laughs> so then what comes up is, but I'm so busy. I don't have time to shop. I don't have time to cook. I've got to get the kids to soccer, get my stuff. What are some easy snacks or food ideas for people who are legitimately are busy and don't have time to really put together thoughtful, healthy, truly natural (laughs) meals? Well, first of all, I'm going to call BS on that because it is BS. There's how many minutes in a day, how many hours in a day, how many Mm -hmm. times do we sit on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, how many hours, how many minutes that we're wasting? How many hours do we actually get our work done? How many, you know, there's so much wasted time and we think that we're busy. Yes. Even if you have kids, even if you have a spouse, even if you have all these things, you have a full-time job, you always have time. You choose to make the time when they say they can't, that's a BS response. You're choosing not to do those things for whatever reason it's, you can do those things. You're just choosing not to do them. So it's, there's so much time in a day there really is. And there's so much time that we waste, um, in time you can't get back. You can never get time back. No, you can't, you (laughs) you can get other things back, but time you just cannot, you can't get back. So you know, meal prepping is a huge thing and, oh, I don't have time for that. Yes, you do have time for that. Again, um, you know, making, making that time, you know, take, get the family involved, get, you know, go through and be like, okay, have the kids pick one recipe and have, you know, the adults pick one recipe and you make one, one meal, one week, one day and one meal the other day, you know I mean? And go, go to make it a family thing. If you really, if you really are like, oh, my family's everything. I have to do everything with my family. Then make it a family thing. You go to the grocery store together, pick out the items, make the meal together, put it together, you know, put the leftovers together, have it, you know, your lunches and your dinners and that kind of thing, you know, have it already prepared. You can, you know, make little snack packs with, you know, nuts and fruit and beef jerky or whatever it is, you know, you can make these ahead of time. So they're already available already there. So then you just go to the cupboard or go to the refrigerator and pull that out, pull that item out. So you have time to do these things. And I'm also thinking about the joy of the newly single, you know, women out there who mm-hmm. trade their spouses gone and they're newly single. It can be like, yes, this can finally be about me. And I can start experimenting with what I like Wanna and eat, eating yes. recipes that mm-hmm. I like. Exactly. And, and I think that's fun. And that's, there's a lot of excitement around that too. 
There is, there is. And there's so many, um, gosh, when, when COVID happened, there was so many things that spawned that were so good out of COVID. I mean, there's like online teaching courses now and online things that you can do. And, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, if you, if you were stuck in a, you were stuck in a relationship where you're just like, okay, well you, you were married to somebody who liked meat and potatoes and you're like, well, you don't like meat and potatoes, but you ate meat and potatoes for 15, 20 years of your life. Yeah. Now you're now single different. and you're like, I don't have to eat meat and potatoes anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can eat whatever I want. Oh, yeah. Great. I can make these recipes. So that's, that's going to be exciting to try yeah. new things and try new um, you know, different kinds of foods, you know, Oh, I've always wanted to make Thai food. We'll make some Thai food. I always want to make Mexican food. We'll make some Mexican food. You have Italian food. I mean, you have all these choices now Yeah, you can make those things because making these things, you know, first of all, you have control over what goes inside of it. You have control over how you're making it. You have control over the ingredients that are in it. When you go to the store, when you go to a restaurant, you don't don't know what's in it. You don't know, you know, you don't, you don't, yeah, you don't know what's, what's gone in it, you know, that kind of thing. So making yourself is the best, yeah, best way to do. Yeah. So where can people learn more about you? Uh, Maybe do one of the emotional mapping sessions and just get a better handle on their emotions, what it really means and how to stop emotional eating. Yes. Um, so you can find me on all the social media platforms yeah. <laughs> I'm on all of them. And, uh, my website's, uh, Eliza Lomax.com. So super simple. L O um, L O M A X L I Z A, just like Liza Minnelli. Um, so Liza Lomax.com and, uh, you can go on there and book a free session. I always offer, always offer a free session. I need, you know, you need to make sure it's a match for them and it's a match for me, you know, get to know them a little bit, hear their story, you know, where they're at, where they want to go, where, where they want to be, you know, that kind of thing and kind of get to know them and have like a a great one-on-one conversation with them and then make sure it's a fit for them first. They can book that. Um, and then I also offer that. Yes. I do talk about the craving elimination session in on my website as well. And so, yeah. So if you have a craving or if you just, you need some help with emotional, you know, curbing that emotional eating, um, habit. Yeah. That's how you can get a hold of me. Perfect. Thank you so much. Listeners, I hope you learned a lot and are inspired. That's my biggest wish for you is that you feel inspired to take one small action. Whether you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that number one sugar elimination, or whether you're like, no, let's just start with general process, or whether it's something else, it doesn't matter. Take that one small step today because not only are you going to start feeling better physically, but you're also going to start feeling better mentally and emotionally as well. And trust me, I know that's what you need right now is to feel better. So have an incredible week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. 
Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 